Welcome to the Fro in the Flow presented by Burbs Entertainment. I am your host, Ralph Campiano. Today I am without my co-host, Jack Martin, aka The Martian, uh, also known as The Flow, and today I'm, he's replaced by Hato. So today is The Fro and Hato. Hato, how are we doing, baby? Pretty good. Yeah, I don't think I have any... I don't have the defining characteristic in my hair, you know? Like, I don't know how you pin me down follically. So, yeah, I just... I'm Hato, I guess. I think the defining characteristic is the drip, so we'll just call you sweatsuit yeah. auto from here on out. Yeah, I like that. Are you rocking the sweatsuit right now? Yep, I got the top and bottom on. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, Hado's been a frequent guest on the show. Today we're going to be talking about, well, today is part one, I guess I should say, the top 25 storylines or questions rather going into the NBA season. Uh, we're a little over two weeks away from the NBA season. The preseason starts on Friday night. Uh, I mean, this is the shortest offseason we've ever had. The mm-hmm. Lakers and Heat are literally coming off two months before the, you know, since the finals. Uh, so today, today we're going to be talking about a handful of topics from Greg Popovich and the Spurs to the Phoenix Suns, the Houston Rockets, you know, every team that poses a different question going into this season, trying to compete for a championship or go in another direction. First of all, Otto, I want to talk about this before we go into everything. Mm-hmm. ESPN's coming out with their top 100 player rankings. Mm-hmm. Can you please give me your thoughts and just kind of, you know, verbally assault ESPN for the rankings that they've put out so far? Dude, I actually haven't looked at those rankings. I've just seen people getting upset about things on my Twitter, like DeRozan being in the 80s, Zion being at 19. Um, I think that my biggest thing is I just don't care. I think it's kind of stupid and um, ESPN's obviously going to, inflate players that they have an interest in being good uh see zion um they have no interest in promoting demar Derozan. uh yeah i don't know kind of bullshit what was the, what was the, who's number one was it lebron or Giannis? they haven't come out of the top 10 yet but okay. i'm glad you said that the way that they're inflating these players i think they're just doing it to grab headlines because no, yeah, no reasonable basketball player or even just a basketball person, anybody that consumes basketball thinks that Lonzo Ball is better than D'Angelo Russell or Blake Griffin or DeMar DeRozan. No, anybody who watched Lonzo play in the bubble is like, he's immediately out of the top 100. Immediately. All right, let's dive into this top 25. Today we're going to be doing numbers 25 through 11, and then on part two we'll be doing 10 through 1. So the first question I have for you is, is this Greg Popovich's last year as the head coach for the San Antonio Spurs? This has been... A revolving topic for the last three or four years there have been a lot of questions surrounding you know how long he's going to stay how long he'll be in the league whether he'll go to brooklyn or something like that uh what are your kind of feelings without any you know we don't have sources or anything like yeah. that but how do you feel about popovich going into this potential last year about the spurs i don't know that's tough to determine what his move is going to be there was a lot of weird rumors this year um surrounding him going to brooklyn um who knows if there's any real reporting on that um there was also the thing where he sold his mansion in San Antonio, um, which I think kind of um, put some fire under those Brooklyn rumors. But, I mean, it might have been his wife passed a few years ago. He doesn't need a mansion anymore. Um, who knows? Uh, I just think the Spurs are in a tough position where – how old's Pop now? Is Pop or mid-70s? Something like that. Yeah. yeah, he's not young. I mean, the Spurs the next few years aren't. It doesn't look like they're going to have any sort of playoff success. So, does Pop want the last few years of his coaching career to be um, missed playoffs or at best first round exits? Does he want to pivot to another team? Does he want to take uh, a back seat in the Spurs organization where he's just in the GM role and somebody like Becky Hammond steps up into the coaching role? Um, or he's, is he just going to be done? I don't know. I can't even... I don't see him doing a big farewell tour. Um, I could see him just mentioning on the last game of the year, just in an offhand comment and like third question interview, just being like, yep, yeah, uh, this was actually my last game. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Pretty unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, he's an unpredictable guy. Uh, and they're an unpredictable team. Like, they're... We talked about it before with the Orlando Magic and the Chicago Bears are kind of this position in the NFL where they're in basketball purgatory. Yeah. Uh, they're not good enough to compete for a championship like the Lakers, and they're not bad enough to get a top three or top five pick like the Cavs. So where do you go from here? My thoughts would be you got to deal DeRozan or Aldridge or something like that. I don't know what the price on them is or what you could get in return. 
I think Aldridge, you got to do it soon. Just as an aging big man, I don't think his value is ever going to be higher um, than it is right now. And I don't even know how high his value is right now. Um, same with DeRozan, too. Like, those two guys are just not... If you're a Spurs fan, I mean, you're looking at this team and you're like, this would be a good year for us to move into a lottery position. Absolutely, yeah. The, the draft class is stacked. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Um, what team who made the most high-profile offseason moves are you not buying as legit? I don't. I'm curious what your answer is. I to me, it seems obvious, and it's just the Hawks. They surrounded Trey with a lot of shooters and a lot of shooters who don't play defense. I'm just very dubious of how that team could be anything more than a seventh seed or eighth seed in the, in the Eastern conference and not just get knocked out in the first round. Um, opposed to like, we're talking about the draft class, like another year of just Trey young improving. Maybe they go like 20 and 52, um, picking up another one of these studs in this draft class and then solidifying yourself as having two or three perennial all-stars by like 2024 or something, you know, even earlier than that, I might even be thinking too long term. I don't love the moves they made, but I like it because I think it's good for them to get into a competitive atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Like just losing so much, it gets instilled into your culture. And now they're relieving some pressure for their young wings that they just drafted last year, like DeAndre Hunter and my boy Cam Reddish Mm -hmm. by going and getting Bogdan and Gallo. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, I'm not buying them as like becoming like a five or a six seed or anything like that. They're just going to be too bad on defense. But I like their starting lineup with Collins and Capella uh, getting some more playing time this year together. Who's, who's the guy um, that picked up in the draft? Okongwu? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Okongwu out of he, I guess USC. he's supposed to be a good defender. So they might have, I mean, that might be a piece that could be useful this year. They don't have a bad rotation. Like, they're probably eight or nine guys deep that can actually play in the NBA. Like, I still like Kevin Herter a lot. Like, yeah. another guy that's probably not going to get as many minutes this year, but they were relying on him too much the last couple of years. Um, but as far as high-profile moves, I don't know if this is technically high-profile, but it got a lot of news just because of the contract. Uh, yeah, I think Bojan and Danilo, those are two guys that maybe they're not all-stars, but, I mean, those are two phenomenal forwards. If your yeah, team is trying to win. I was going to talk about Gordon Hayward going to the Hornets. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess that almost seems like the too obvious one where it's like there's nothing even to discuss. It's just like who gives a shit? Like I don't know what they were doing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't see myself sitting down and watching more than three Hornets games this year. As much as I'm interested in LaMelo, that's just that team doesn't excite me at all. I think I'll watch two Hornets games this year, and it'll be both of the times they play the Pelicans just to see LaMelo go up against Lonzo. True, true. That might be the only time. I think the one thing with the Hawks, though, is, I mean, I'm kind of thinking that they should have gone another year, moved into the lottery. It's tough as a, if you're in the the management of a team to determine the direction you want to take it, because you've got teams like Orlando that's, Always competitive during the regular season, always moves into a seventh, eighth seed, gets smacked in the first round, never has a lottery, then never sees any success. But then, like the Heat this past year, like, I mean, they've always kind of tried to be competitive, have never purposefully tanked. And um, I don't even know if they've been in the lottery the last couple of years. I guess they probably were previous to last year, like a late lottery team. But I don't know. Yeah, thing, I mean, things happen during the season. You know, there's injuries and maybe Trey Young takes another big step, improves uh, on the defensive side of the ball. But mm. <laughs> dude, I mean, an improvement is in like not being the, the worst, last, the, the absolute worst defender in the NBA. Like he just needs to be a bad defender, not a terrible defender. All right, moving on. I like this question a lot. I think, did you put this one in? Which one? Um, of the four players who signed rookie scale oh, contract yeah. extensions this offseason, that'd be Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, and Bam Adebayo, who will provide the most immediate results? Mm-hmm. I wanna, I'd like to, I want to hear your answer on that first. So, when you're asking this question, I'm thinking about, is this an improvement from where they were last year, or is this an improvement from how much they're getting paid and how they perform up to that contract? Mm, more so the first not okay. nec- yeah not necessarily relative to the money now 
the West is so deep that I don't yeah. think the Kings can make that playoff push quite yet. Uh, we'd have to see Bagley get back and stuff like that. It's just fucking tough to be on the Kings. I see him as being a late bloomer in the league that continues to kind of fly under the radar um, as the Kings are at the bottom of the conference. And maybe he gets moved to another team in a couple years and kind of solidifies himself as one of the best point guards in the league. But it's tough right now. And I don't know, like, I mean, everybody has a ceiling. Everybody has a floor. I don't know what his ceiling is. Like, mm-hmm. if he can become, like, a 38 39% three-point shooter, that's a really scary player because he's mm-hmm. the fastest guy in the league. Yep. But as far as this question is concerned, I think it probably has to be Jason. I think he's the best player out of the four. With last year, I think there were still questions going into the season and even throughout the season about who's our guy. Is it Kemba or is it Jason? Mm-hmm. Um, even if Hayward's in the mix, who's going to be doing the majority of the ball handling, stuff like that. Um, Jalen is probably always going to be the B player, the second best player for them. Mm-hmm. I think now that the Celtics know Jason is their guy, he is literally the key to the franchise. He had a terrible second year. Let's just call it what it is, yep. especially after the expectations of the rookie year. And then the third year, he just blossomed. Now, mm-hmm. can he take another step forward into becoming? I think last year he was the equivalent to Paul George, essentially, like with Indiana, like mm-hmm. a great scorer, quality defender. Can he take a step to that next level and become a top six, top seven player? Yeah. I think my thing with Tatum is I have never, I don't, as much as the play or the Celtics win in the playoffs, I haven't seen Tatum take over a series, you know, where like it's, it's like the Jason Tatum series. Of course, like when he yammed on LeBron in his first year, like that was kind of like a statement, like, okay, like this kid's bad. Mm-hmm. But the guy who I have, the two, like at a bio, has had statement games, you know, the block on Tatum that completely like turned that series around and, um, or no, were they up one Oh, were the heat up one Oh when they blocked? Okay. And then they went up two Oh, but, uh, my guy's Mitchell of of that four. I mean, I really think, I know Utah hasn't as much success in the playoffs as the Celtics, but it seems like every playoff series they're in Mitchell's taken over this past year. He had Mm -hmm. two plus 50 point games, um, took it as almost one in seven. If Conley hits that three at the end, um, which would have been the craziest shot of the playoffs. Like <laughs> they could have easily got, got themselves into the second round. And then what we know about the Clippers now, like could the jazz made it a clip series against the Clippers? I mean, I don't know if they were as good. I mean, it's who knows. I really like Donovan Mitchell though. Um, he gets, he's relied on more than Tatum just cause the Celtics have so many pieces. Um, but I mean, just as an importance to the team, um, of those four, I think Mitchell easily takes that because if he's off the team and Rudy Gobert is your number one, that's a bottom three team in the league, I'd say. And we saw it in that first round, like you're talking about. He got the keys to the offense. I want to see that all regular season, like alleviate Mike Conley from being the primary ball handler and just let Donovan do it. Like, I don't know why Donovan isn't playing point guard and they're just surrounding him with other shooters and other scores. Um, all right, moving on. This is a great one. I like this one a lot. Is Ja or Zion more likely to suffer from a sophomore slump? Now, we only saw 24 games of Zion. Ja obviously won rookie of the year. Probably the best rookie point guard we've seen since, I want to say, Derrick Rose. Yeah. I mean, just an explosive athlete. A lot of commonalities with him. A lot with Westbrook as well. Um, which one do you think we're going to see? Who's going to improve more and who's going to be, you know, they're not going to live up to the expectations. Yeah. I think it's tough, honestly, to call whatever season Zion has this year as a sophomore slump just because he didn't play enough last year. Um, I think his sophomore slump would be if he's still on a minutes restriction, that's DEFCON 1 for Pelican fans. Like, I mean, he's been in the league now for over a year. If he's still um, – if they're still being uh, – kind of gentle with him and not wanting to overuse him. Um, that's a big warning sign if I were a Pelicans fan. Um, but I think Jaws more likely to take the sophomore slump. He had an incredible first year. Um, Memphis flew under the radar for most of the year. Um, but then once, once the bubble started, teams started taking Memphis a little bit more seriously. They went two and six in the bubble, um, got knocked out by Portland after, uh, in the elimination game. Um, it's going to be tough because Triple J's out with the torn meniscus the beginning of the mm-hmm. year. I haven't seen a timeline on him. Um, but He probably won't be back till like March or April. 
yep. at the earliest. But I mean, so I think teams are going to kind of recognize what Jaw is, um, play him a little tighter, make him shoot more, um, not let him just fucking drive to the lane and do whatever crazy shit he does. Um, <laughs> but I don't think I think it's in Memphis's best interest to not necessarily tank this year, but just play it straight. Um, understand that without Triple J, you're going to lose quite a few more games. Keep letting those young guys develop, um, like Dylan Brooks and your boy Grayson Allen. Uh, you know, I I don't think they're going to get close to the playoffs this year. But just in terms of teams respecting Jaw more, I would expect him to not put up the numbers that he did last year. I couldn't agree more. I think he nailed it. Um, the biggest thing with Jaw is kind of like what we talked about with De'Aaron. He's got to boost that three point percentage, and not just that, but the willingness to take them. We saw him so hesitant from the perimeter that if you're a point guard in this league, you have to shoot threes. You yeah. have to put up four or five a game minimum. Now, with Zion, he has less pressure on him because he has a better roster around him. Obviously, they got Bledsoe in that trade. You got Ingram, who's just a bona fide stud. So, there's less pressure on him, but there is definitely expectations to make the playoffs. Like, you didn't make it last year. You had the easiest route in the bubble to make it. This is a year where you're going to have to play 30 minutes a game, dude. And it looks like he's in shape right now. I just saw some pictures of him the other day. He looks like he's in a little bit... You know, a little less chunky, yeah, uh, which is nice to see. But it's tough because you remember that knees. picture before the bubble where he was in the gym and he's got the face mask on and he looks like he's got like four percent body fat, like <laughs> pumping iron Arnold, like physique, like. And then you see him in the game, and it's like, dude, like you just had the lighting and like the angles worked out. Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I I'm really worried about him. Um, just as someone who like who loves to watch him play and um. To see the NBA put their chips on a guy like this who's played, how many games has Zion played? Uh, 30? Like 28. Yeah. I mean, they're really going all in on. They're, they're lucky Luca had the season he did last year because now they're kind of pivoting into, like, this This is the guy. Um, giving him that slot against the Lakers on Christmas. Um, let me ask the 21st question to you. Uh, which bottom of the barrel Eastern Conference team the Bulls, the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Pistons will end this season with the most optimism. So we've kind of already concluded that those four teams aren't going to see any success this year. Um, But who's going to feel the best about their season? Now, I want to put this gently because I don't want people to get too excited. But I think it's probably the Bulls just because of Billy Donovan. I think he's the best coach for those four teams. Now, I really like Killian Hayes with the Pistons. I think he's a great young player. And they got um, Leandro the for their future. They got they got Jello now. They got the third ball. Uh, don't know if he's a, yeah. They got the third testicle in the lineup. I don't know if he's the shooting guard of the future for them. But for the Bulls, I mean, they have a lot of cap space that they can work with. You got to get Otto Porter off the books next year, which is going to be great. He's going in his contract year. Um, They still have Wendell and Lowry on their rookie contracts. Levine's making less than $20 million a year, which is great for a player with his talent. And I think Donovan, we saw it with him last year in OKC. He can get the most out of guards, which is great. Like Chris Paul and Shea overperformed last year in consideration of their expectations. I think he can get the same out of Kobe and Levine. Um, And, you know, I mean, I don't know if... If I were a Bulls fan, I don't know if I'd want them to make a playoff push this year. I think I'd want it more next year so that way we can get, like we talked about, one of those top six or seven picks. But if they do, you know, you at least get, like we talked about with Atlanta, some playoff atmosphere instilled into your culture. Yeah, I think, I mean, the Bulls, I think if you were a Bulls fan and they got the 10th seed and they get the play-in against the 7th, get knocked out, I think you would still look at the 2021-2022 season um, with some optimism. Um, I agree with most of what you're saying. Um, Cavs fans, you guys are fucked. Two shirt, shoot first guards. I have no idea. Um, I I don't know. I I know it sucks to be a Knicks fan, but at least being a Knicks fan, you can live in New York. Um, I think I think Obi Toppin uh, is going to come out. He's going to move into the NBA more seamlessly than some of the other guys, just being a 22 year old. Um, It'll be interesting to see if he'll be able to bully players like he did in college basketball. Um, And he probably won't be because he was playing for Dayton. Was it Dayton, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a flyer, Um, yeah. But I don't know. With the new, maybe Thibodeau brings some more energy to those guys, gets RJ some more minutes. Um, Mitchell Robinson could be, I mean, he could, 
if he plays in the post like he did last year, that can be kind of an emerging guy to look out for um, as one of the better big men in the East. Um, Defensive but, player of the year candidate. I mean, who knows? They just got to get a guard, and hopefully as a Knicks fan, you can talk yourself into uh, next free agency. Some guy wants to move to New York, be in the big city, and uh, maybe you guys get Giannis. Who knows? Yeah, shut up. Not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Um, oh, I like this one a lot. All right, give me uh, your top three here. Who will claim the mantle as the best point guard in the league? I think it's been kind of upper grabs since Steph's injury. Yeah. But Dame kind of took it over this last season. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that he was doing was just remarkable. This year, it's a totally different year because pretty much every point guard is healthy. Mm-hmm. Who are going to be the top three and who's going to be number one? God, it's tough to – when I think back to how Portland in the bubble, um, it's tough to not pick Dame. I know they got gentlemen swept in the playoffs against the Lakers, but if that mm-hmm. Portland team could stay healthy all year, um, I'm probably going to go with game, with Dame. He's getting up there – not getting up there. He's – what is he? He's 30. He's 30 years old, but right in the middle of his prime. Um, he can – you know, you, when you hit like 30, you start seeing the horizon kind of – a little closer than you had in the past. He's definitely um, hungry for a championship. It's just going to be so fucking tough in the West, uh, especially when you got, I know you're kind of, I mean, when you put mantle of best NBA point card, my mind went to Chris Paul. Um, Mm -hmm. And I still think he's kind of got it this year. He's in an incredible situation. I agree with Dan. I think that's Mm -hmm. like, probably the only answer going into this season until Mm -hmm. we see what Steph is capable of coming off that injury. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't trust Kyrie enough to stay healthy, plain and simple. Um, I just don't know. That that situation is so volatile. I mean, that's, that's a, that'll be in the top 10 storylines, but it's just so difficult to predict anything that's going to happen with the Nets. And with CP three, I think when you look at a point guard, you got to have somebody on both sides of the ball. Now Mm -hmm. Dame isn't a clamp down defender. Steph isn't either, and Kyrie will never be that. But, I mean, Chris Paul is just so goddamn good at facilitating, getting everybody involved, being a leader, whether Mm -hmm. you like his methods or not, and also defensively. So I'm going to go Dame, and then I'll put Steph, and then I'll put CP. And this is us excluding, like, you know, like the point forwards, like Harden, LeBron, and Doncic. Yeah. Um, All right. Is this the best year ever for a team to tank? Yes. I mean, I think... I've already kind of implied that in a few of these storylines, just like teams need to start looking at the lottery. But if you're running a team right now, like you're looking at no fans likely in the stadium for the whole year, a season shortened by 10 games, an incredible 2021 draft class. Um, You want to go through some of those names. You got like Jalen Green, Kate Cunningham, Zaire Williams, Jalen Suggs. I mean, I was looking at the top seven and I'm not super familiar with, I'm never good about like the mock drafts or knowing who these guys are. And like, I recognize a lot of these names just cause they've been floated around for years, like on NBA uh, hoops, Instagrams and shit. You have Jalen Johnson, Brandon Boston, Terrence Clark, Jonathan Kaminga. This class is just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fun to watch them in college, but I mean, you know me, I'm a, I'm a pro hoops guy. Yeah. And like you just mentioned Jalen green, like that dude's going to be getting, way better competition in the G League than any of these guys in college. Mm-hmm. He's so coming to the league first year. ball. Yep. So this is the first year we've seen anybody like that. And even his homeboy, Josh Christopher, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but he plays for Arizona State. He's a remarkable stud. Any of these guys probably would have been a top two or three pick this year. Easily, yeah. So when we're looking at the Cavs or, you know, I don't know how the Timberwolves are going to look this year, but teams like that. I think that they should take not pride in winning 15 games during a 72 game season, but there's hope for just their fan the bases. I mean, the vaccine's going to hit in like April. Who's, who's even going to be watching basketball? Not me. You'll be trying to get my fuck on, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like once that vaccine hits, like NBA is going to be like in the back of my mind, like, then it's just time to get out there and, you know, get freaky. It's gonna be front and center for me still. I'm gonna the first yeah. time I think of it is like, damn, I gotta oh, go I'll to have a, it on in the like, background. Me and Holler are gonna go to another Bucks Lakers game. All right, uh, which rookie will have the best rookie of the year case by the All Star break? Yeah, I think it's Obi Toppin. Just coming in as a 22 year old, like we said before. Um, with Thibodeau, uh 
could be a good opportunity to get a lot of minutes. Um, I think it's more, it almost just is me being a little bit more dubious of some of the guys who were drafted early, uh, mm-hmm. especially Anthony Edwards. I still can't believe he went number one. Um, I'm not high on him at all. Um, Wiseman, I mean, who knows? I, the Warriors, I'll be interested to see what kind of success they have this year with Clay being out and um, what kind of role Wiseman plays. But, yeah, my guy's topping this year. I might actually put a little bit of money on that just to see what the odds are. I think the odds are like plus 850 for Obi Toppin. So I see some value in that. So I think the rookie of the year could go two ways. I think it could go to a player on a winning team that's making genuine contributions like Wiseman. Like if he can average a block and a half a game, nine or 10 rebounds and 12, 13 points and, you know, present some problems for Jokic or Cat or Davis, which I don't, I'm not saying he will, but if he can, you know, like in like the spotlight, because they're going to get a lot of recognition on national televised games. Mm-hmm. I think that he has a case. I like what you're saying about Toppin. Uh, I think that they're a little bit too crowded in that position, but I mean, he's a pretty versatile guy. He can play three, four or five. So, and you, you're right. He's 22 years old. He's an explosive athlete, has good range, honestly, for a guy that's that big and that strong. Um, and then I want to say Killian Hayes, but I don't know how many minutes he's going to get behind Derek Rose. Well, I was just saying from what analysts have been talking about, like Killian Hayes seems pretty NBA ready compared to some of these guys, just in his playmaking abilities and, um, well, the thing is, is this isn't going to be a John Morant rookie kind of year or a Derrick Rose rookie of the year award. It's going to yep. be more like um, Michael Carter-Williams or Malcolm Brogdon. Like, it's not going to be a guy who's going to be a superstar of the league rookie of the year. It's going to be like, that guy had a pretty good rookie of the year. We're going to give him the award because he was just a little bit better than the rest of his class. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you want to ask number 17? Yeah. So, this one is what midseason trades – could we expect? I'm not even sure when the uh, trade deadline is now. I'm not. That's kind of. I don't know if they come out and said it or not. I don't think they have either. I bet they push it back a month. It's probably like late March, yeah. something like that. Um, I think the obvious answer is like what's going to happen in Houston with Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, like what contender is going to try to go out and get a like you know another player like somebody that can help contribute to their championship roster like. I would maybe want to see Toronto try to go get DeRozan or Aldridge, I guess. Oh, yeah. Bring, the bo- um, bring their bring man the back. back. Yep. Um, what happens in Orlando with Vucevic? Does he get dealt anywhere? Yep. Do the Nuggets try to go get somebody? Like, I think that they're a piece away from being one of the two or three best teams in the league. Um, I don't know if the Wizards are looking to trade Beal anymore at this point. Now that they've got Westbrook there, they're probably trying to do their own thing. But Yep. I think there's a lot of options, especially this year. It's so weird. Um, it's a, a season like we haven't seen anything like it before, so we don't know who's going to perform looking for a championship as far as these teams are concerned. There's probably like six teams that are ready to win a championship right now. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 the one that stands out above the rest, but, yeah. you know, there's five other teams that are like, like, what could Dallas do? Well, Dallas could, if KP, they could deal KP um, if they just – kind of want to cut their losses on that. They just think the injury is going to be too much, too much for him. Um, I'm thinking too, the nets, if that experiment goes wrong, who knows, maybe they ship Kyrie out. Um, Mm. I can't imagine how fucking pissed he would be. That'd be cold blooded. (laughs) That would be really cold blooded. Daryl Morey on the Sixers. Now he's going to be making tons of moves. Um, he's liable to do anything. He's liable to get yurt in that front office. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody similar to, the Warriors in the mid 2010s. I think everybody's measuring themselves up against the Lakers right now. Um, Damn straight. I think the number one diagnosis every team's taking right now is: Do we have a big man who can handle AD? Not necessarily handle, but limit him. Um, mm-hmm. And I there's only so few players in the league that can do that. Uh, I on the Nuggets. I, I think they need another move. I think that Jeremy Grant loss is sneaky big for them. Um, he was incredibly effective during the playoffs um, at slowing guys down and just getting buckets in, transi- in transition. Um, he was their third best player. Yep, I think. Yep, I totally agree. Um, weird to me that he's on the Pistons now. I don't. I don't know what Gross. his career looks like going forward. All righty, um, let's move on to the next one. Which players are poised to take a leap this year? We saw a lot of leaps last year with Brandon Ingram, Devonte Graham, Bam Adebayo. 
uh, a lot of sneaky leaps too. Like I didn't expect that from Grammar out of bio. Maybe I was underestimating them. Mm-hmm. But are there any guys that you have your eyes on as far as like, all right, this is the year where they set themselves apart from the players of their position and maybe even make an all-star appearance for the first year? I think Beal for sure is going to get the all-star appearance this year. He was incredibly snubbed last year. Um, I would look for Devin Booker to take the leap to just play next to Chris Paul. Um, they got a chip on their shoulder after going eight, no in the bubble and still not making it into the play in game. Um, so I, including Deandre, eight, anybody who's playing with Chris Paul is going to improve. Um, so Aiton and D book would be two guys. Um, who else is taking the leap? Uh, let me talk on Aiden for a second because I think that's the obvious one. He is like Rubio is a great point guard, but he's not going to light your fire under your ass. Mm-mm. Chris Paul is. Chris Paul is going to be like, look, Aiden, like I played with, you know, Blake Griffin, Tyson Chandler, David West, Prime DeAndre James Jordan, Horton, Prime DJ. Mm-hmm. I played with some good bigs. You're the most skilled big that I've met. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Blake Griffin during his prime because yeah, he was that's a point tough. forward. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like this dude is, he has all the tools to be an all NBA center at some point in his career. And I mean, dude, just a Chris Paul pick and roll. Like if he could make Steven Adams or <laughs> Terrence Ferguson or Hamadou Diallo look good in pick and pop situations, he's going to get the most out of Booker, Aiton, Mikel Bridges, Sarich, all those guys in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I would expect Gilgis Alexander uh, to take a jump too. just being in the perfect situation as a third year guy. Um is he the number one guy in OKC now? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's in a position where they're not going to make the playoffs, but there's no expectations of them to do that. They've got picks out the ass for what feels like the next hundred years. Um, I think he's going to be given the reins to the franchise and just going to be able to cook. I don't think it's going to lead to wins, but in the long term, that's really going to help his career. Uh, I'm excited about that. And... I think the most obvious is Luca. It seems like every single game you watch, he just gets better and better and better. Um, he had an incredible series against the Clippers. Um, tough that KP is going to be out at the beginning of the year, but he's the guy that I think ascends into that. He's already, I mean, he was first team, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's already a superstar. He's going to, he's moving in that position of like. Best player in the galaxy. Best player of the decade. And, I mean, that's early to call, but like. He's insane. Along with that, as far as like superstars are concerned, I think AD takes a minor leap this year. Yeah. Just because he has the championship pressure off of him. Yeah. Uh, he's got a target on his back, but I think now that he's like, like I was listening to Road Trip and Podcast with LeBron. Apparently, he was dealing with a foot injury like the entire bubble. That like he was like black and blue the whole time. Like he was getting treatment literally every single day. So we saw like 90% of Anthony Davis, which is actually scary as fuck because he's already the best big in the league. Uh, I think he takes another step this year with that little bit of pressure off of him. And I think now that they have that first chip, LeBron's going to be like, all right, yeah, this is your team now. Yeah, um, I, I don't know why I have that storyline worked out in my head already, but I kind of see it going that way. Um, as LeBron turns 37 in December, um, I kind of just see him moving into that number two role. Not traditional number two, but um, I think AD hitting that shot against the Nuggets to steal that game in the playoffs is kind of a little preview of um, he's going to be the guy going forward with LeBron doing a lot of the facilitating, but um, AD putting up the numbers. So, yeah, I agree with that. I think we're going to get – I think it's going to be a big AD year. Hopefully, hopefully he can stay healthy. This is where – this is the year where he can – there, the conversation has already started with like you know him, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, best power forward of the 21st century. Um, I think this is the year where he can you know really gauge that conversation in a real way. Um, all right, moving on. What above average team is most likely to get over the hump this year? Can Utah, Portland, Indiana, Philadelphia, or Houston make a step towards becoming a real contender rather than you know a semi conference finals contender? The only one. Um, I think the Blazers for being an eight seed, it seems like the Blazers are just convinced that they are like championship contenders. And I kind of believe it too. Um, they got an incredible team. If they're all healthy, they made some good off season moves. I I don't know why. I just love Covington. I'm so high on mm-hmm. that guy. And, um, he's going to bring a lot of defense to a team that needs it. Um, I really, 
you think the Pacers are a playoff team this year? I know they always are in the mix, but do you think yeah, they are? they're a playoff team, but I don't think they get past the first round. I don't see. I don't know. I mean, speaking of trades, like who knows? Oladipo could be shipped off midseason if I think he needs to bring a little value to himself. But um, if he's looking healthy at the beginning of the year, that could be something to keep an eye on. Um, I want to keep the Houston talk a little bit for later storylines. The Sixers. Um, I think it seems easy to forget that Ben Simmons was dealing with a pretty serious back injury going into the mm-hmm. bubble and missed he missed all the playoffs. I think didn't he? He missed their whole yep. series, like the whole first round. So that's what I was just going to think about. Like, I mean, Philadelphia has two of the fifteen or sixteen best players in the league when they're going all out, and then you got Tobias Harris, who when he's playing like Tobias Harris should play, which I think Doc Rivers can get the most out of him. Yeah. Should be a fourth options, but going to have to be a third. Yeah. So, I mean, it's Doc Rivers and it's not Brett Brown. I think that's the simplest fix in the world. It was a great fix. Uh, Elton Brand is no longer the general manager. Daryl Morey will not hesitate to make moves. He doesn't play favorites by any means. Uh, If he sees a championship window like they have right now, he's going to do his best to take advantage of it. And they surrounded them with shooters. They got Danny Green now, who... You know, was inconsistent in the playoffs. Really pissed us off as Lakers fans. He's a good but, regular season, and he's good on. I mean, he's still a good defensive player. Seth Curry's the guy. Like, I mean, that's that's the sharpshooter that moves. Hopefully, he can move into that JJ Redick role from a few years ago, um, where he's just relentless moving off the ball and um, and Doc can hit loves open shots players for like that. Yeah, Doc capitalizes on players like that. Alrighty, uh, we kind of already talked about this. What kind of move do the Nuggets have to make to become not the favorites, but you know? contenders against the Lakers yeah I guess if you're a Nuggets fan you're just banking on Michael Porter Jr. to continue to improve and prove himself reliable uh, sign in Monte Morris they got a deal on him three years for 27 million um, if you would I think if you would have waited into the offseason or into the next offseason um, somebody might have given him like a three for 40 and I wouldn't blame him he looks phenomenal he's the Probably best the backup be- point guard in the yep. league without a yep. doubt um but what kind of moves do they have to make? I mean, it almost seems like the move, this is so obvious, is just to keep developing MPJ and just hope he can move into that third role. Because he showed, I mean, he had flashes of like, looking like he could be the number one guy for a few games during the playoffs. But then he had other ones where it was pretty obvious, like, he's not ready for that yet. Um, like guys we already talked about, don't take them over the hump. Like all Depot and DeRozan, they don't make them contenders. So I think you're right. Like I think maybe you keep MPJ for a while, uh, boost his trade value at least, and see if he can go get Beal. Like Beal's still only, I believe, 27 years old. Like he's a young superstar, uh, as far as superstars are concerned. Not Luka Young, but you know Bradley Beal Young. Um, who finishes with a better season, Portland or Utah? I always think about these teams like in the same vein. Yeah, I don't know why they're in that same um, tier. I think that Portland has probably the better roster overall. Uh, especially with those top two guards. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we saw what Utah did in the playoffs last year. They finished with a higher seed. Uh, I think they have a little bit of a better coach and Snyder over Stotts. Um, which team would you bank on getting a higher seed in the playoffs? Okay, that's interesting. Ha- having the higher seed, um, mm-hmm. I would say the Jazz. Just And that goes to the durability of Mitchell. I mean, I know he's only played three years, but no history of injuries. Um in, I like to shit on Gobert, but he's been reliable too. Um, I would say the higher seed's going to go to the Jazz just because they have some more regular season success, and I think it's inevitable that this Blazers team has injuries throughout the season. Um, but that's talking like Jazz 7 seed, Blazers 8 seed. Like, not a big difference. Although one of those teams is probably going to have to play the Lakers. Um, but if we're going to go playoff success, I mean... I don't know. What do you think? I think it's Portland. I just think <sighs> they were so unhealthy last year. Like the Nurkic injury was really huge. Like you could tell yeah. like once he got back. In, and Zach back Collins was out too. Zach Collins. That's a great point. Yep. And I like, I really like Gary Trent Jr. I think he takes another step this year he with that confidence. Good. Yeah. Um, people kind of bash them for the mellow resigning, but we saw what he did last year. Nah, I mean, yeah, he's you got to sign mellow. The people love mellow. Yeah, and he's great for their culture. So he's like a good fit. He's a great fifth option. Um, and then I really like the Giles signing. Obviously, they got Covington now, who is a huge 3 and D guy. I think that they're 
I'm not as worried about starting fives as I am about closing fives, and I really like their closing five. Uh, so I'll take them. But like you mentioned, I mean, Utah's going to be legit still. Gobert's the, probably the best defensive player in the league aside from Giannis and AD. Yeah, they're one, of, they're one of the few teams in the West where you can look at your roster and be like, we might be able to slow down AD a little bit. Like with Gobert, you could throw favors at him. Um, you could... Uh, Nah, never mind. Um, Bojan, <laughs> Bojan Bogdanovic was injured last year in the playoffs too, so that's another guy who gives them some shooting. And Jeremy Clarkson looked fucking good. Um, oh, Jordan Clarkson? Those, or Jordan Clarkson, yeah, not Jeremy. Um, It'd be weird if we I don't know. He was, yeah, no. <laughs> I guess he's 28, so he's already kind of – he's not going to improve too much. He's but, 28? Yeah, he's old. I would expect him Damn. to be like 25. But yeah, I thought he was – yeah. I mean, you're looking at Jordan Clarkson in the playoffs last year, and that's a decent backup point guard. Um, Irrational confidence guy. Got to have yeah, one. Yep, 100%. All right. Um, let's move on to the next one. This one's interesting. We already talked about Jason a little bit, but have the Celtics hit a wall? It seems like they've been in the same position the last few years. The same shit. Eastern Conference Finals or um, quarterfinals. Um I, I don't know. The Tristan Thompson move is interesting, and I actually just forgot about that until I looked it up. Um, he's going to help him out. They need a big man. Like, I mean, he's mm-hmm. not the guy who's going to stop other big men, but he's going to get you some boards and um, bang around in the post because they have nobody else who can do that. And he's pretty quick on his feet. Like, he's not yeah. bad at, like, uh, switching on pick and rolls. Has anybody and watched then... Tristan Thompson play in the last two years? No, not I have this not. guy. Who even knows what's going on? I mean, who even knows what's going on in Cleveland? I, I, I just bet his looked butt at, got a little bit bigger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was looking it up the other day, and I was just like looking at contracts, and I thought I read it wrong. In like Chetty Osmond's on like a four-year thirty million. I thought he was a minimum player. Like I, <laughs> I just, I was like, when the fuck did he sign that? Um, but but back to the Celtics. Like, are they somebody who makes a midseason move? Like gets Kemba out of there. Kemba was in, I mean, Kemba was injured during the playoffs last year, but if that's going to be a recurring theme, um, and your point guard's not not completely healthy in the playoffs, you're not going to win any games. And I think it was big for him. That was his playoff debut. Like he yeah. had literally never like competed at um, a high stage except for a college. No, I thought he was in the playoffs once with Charlotte. Charlotte never made the playoffs while he was there. This past season was his first time in the playoffs. Which is like crazy to think about because he's been in the league for like eight years. The last time Charlotte was in the playoffs was like Gerald Wallace on their team, and I'm pretty sure they were the Bobcats still. But um, yeah, I mean, good oh, gracious, wow. like, I mean, the Celtics were like in the best position in the league there for a while with Kyrie, Jalen, Jason, all those guys, and you know, Ainge blew it in a way. But I really like that they got Tristan because their issue wasn't having a bad big as far as defense and offense was concerned. Like Tice filled the role enough, but their issue was rebounding. And Tristan Thompson is, I haven't watched him in two years, but the last that I've seen, I mean, he's probably still a top 10, top 12 rebounder in the league just because of that body that he just has a good rhythm. And when it comes to rebounding, like just a a knack to go get the ball. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think too, as much as I, I mean, as much as we love Tatum, I don't know if he's ascended into that leadership role yet um, that you need in a team like this. Like, I mean, the who's the leader of the Celtics? When honestly, when I think about it, I kind of point to Marcus Smart. Like, he's the guy who's mm-hmm. he's their energy guy. I guess energy's a little guy's different than the leadership role, but I think Tatum's kind of got to step into that position of their number one guy. He's definitely the guy who embodies their culture the best. Like smart, smart is, yeah. I think he's yeah. untradeable. Like you got to keep him. He's one of the best defenders in the league, especially yep. for a guard. And he made huge shots. Like didn't he have a game last year or in the playoffs with like eight or nine threes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I mean, he performs on the big stages. All righty. Last question before we move on to part two on the next episode: How many problems does Houston have, and are there any realistic solutions to them? And also to go along with it, is James Harden hopeless? They got a lot of problems. I think I'm so low on Boogie and mm-hmm. John Wall um, right now. I, I'm I know Boogie hasn't played much the last couple of years, but the games you watched him in, it's just he doesn't move like the guy he was. He's had an Achilles 
a complete tear now. Um, ACL and MCL. He's fucked up. John Wall, same thing. Achilles tear. Um, as a guy like John Wall, who relied completely on his athleticism, um, I don't see how he makes himself. Um, he's not going to be the player he was. I don't know what his ceiling is now. Um, I don't know how much you can expect of him. Um, I don't know. A lot of turmoil down in Houston. I did see James Harden reported uh, yesterday, finally, to training camp, and he's got to get like six negative tests, um, COVID tests, before he can join the team. I don't know how much of the whole fiasco was just getting blown out of proportion and how much he was aware of what he was doing. Um, I think there's a part of it that it could just be like, he's top five player in the league. He doesn't want to fucking go to preseason. Like how, I mean, I don't know how he could take that seriously. Um, being the caliber of player he is. It's because he was partying with a little baby and stuff like that, that it was blown out of proportion. But like, LeBron said in his interview on the Road Tripping podcast that he touched a basketball twice, like in the last like two months, and he literally yeah. just showed up training camp. Granted, they're coming off a championship, but if they weren't coming off a championship, I think he'd be treating it the exact same way, and yeah. that would get blown out of proportion too. It's because of how Houston was balanced, everything that happened with Wall and Westbrook, all the rumors that are happening right now. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know if they're necessarily rumors. I think they might be facts if they're coming from Woj. He's a pretty reliable source. Yeah. But, uh, I think... I'm in the same vein as you. It's just so sad what's happened to Boogie and Wall because I've always rooted for them. Uh, it's like, I mean, it seems like just yesterday that Boogie was putting up 51 and 17 for the fucking Sacramento Kings. But yeah, I don't think that they are a contender by any means. Uh, I think they got a little bit deeper, I guess you could say, because now they're not going to rely on P.J. Tucker to play center anymore, which is kind of a relief for him. Um, Eric Gordon doesn't have to put up 30. He can put up 20. I think they could be probably a 41 team just because of how good James is. Yeah. Uh, but it's really it's really going to come down to Boogie and John Wall have to listen to something to prove by Lil Baby every single day because yeah. I don't know what position they're in right now as far as their confidence is concerned, but it has to be at an all-time low. Uh, but I'm rooting for them. I want to see these guys strive. There are a few teams in the NBA that I root against, I should say. Like the Clippers are the only one probably, but – I'm rooting for them. Uh, I want to see them succeed, and I love it. I think it'd be a way more interesting storyline than him getting dealt to Brooklyn or something like that. Eh, maybe not more interesting, but it'll be fun nevertheless if he doesn't get dealt. Yeah, I don't like the idea of him on Brooklyn very much. It was kind of exciting at first, but then the more you think about it, then it's just going to be three guys, all of whom I want to like see with the ball in their hands, having yep. the ball in their hands less. Um, I'm way more intrigued by him going to the Sixers. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of, and just the move it would take to get him to the Sixers is that Ben Simmons on the Rockets. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I just think the Rockets are kind of fucked. I don't see them. If James Harden's trying to win a championship, it's not going to happen with the Rockets. He's got to no. get out of there, and they're totally fucked with draft picks for the next five years. All righty, this is the last question that we had before we go. Um, we've been doing this segment now called the hashtag loading segment because we are D'Angelo Russell's disciples. Mm-hmm. Give me the preseason is just rolling around. What are you most looking forward to in the preseason? For me personally, it's the rookies. I mean, we don't yeah. have a summer league at all, so it's going to be our first chance of seeing these rookies. But aside from them, Lakers and Clippers play. Yeah, I know Braun and AD probably aren't going to play at all. I'm ready to see Taylor Horton Tucker ball out. Yes, sir. TLT. Or no, that's THT. Yes, sir. It seems to be a lot of like Horton Tucker should get up 30 shots. Caruso should get up 20. And they should both put up triple doubles. Is Caruso even in... Is he, like, ascended to a role where he doesn't have to play preseason, though? Is he in that, like... Is he, like, the third guy? I mean, is he, is he the third guy? I don't know. Caruso's going to sit out. Kuzma's going to have to play. Yeah. Wait, let me let me check this preseason schedule real quick. Because, um, yeah, I just saw Lakers and Clippers. I, I mean... Okay, you got Magic Hawks. Don't care. Knicks Pistons, that could be interesting to see Obi Toppin and Killian Hayes. Um, yep. Those two guys. And I want to see RJ Barrett do well this year. Um, he's kind of in a shitty you know, situation last year. And um, I hope he's getting better a better shot selection now. Um, Rockets Bulls. Eh. Um, Kings Trailblazers. Yeah, I don't know. I don't typically watch too many games during the preseason. 
But you know, I'll watch those highlights. Yeah. I don't think we ever watched preseason game together. I think we always skipped those. Yeah. We it's might have like the first year LeBron was with the Lakers, but that's it. Yeah. It's it's tough to get excited for those. Um, but hey, we're only two weeks then, away. Yeah, the season's almost here. And I was looking, so the opening night's Warriors, Nets, and Clippers, Lakers. But that Wednesday is fucking stacked. There's three, mm-hmm. five, seven, nine, eleven. 13 games on Wednesday. Damn. That is wild. All right, let me let me tell you some of the highlights. Um, Bucks, Celtics, Pelicans, Raptors. Mm, you got Jazz, Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kings, Nuggets, Sierra Boy, Halliburton. Ooh, and then last one to send the night off is Mavericks, Suns. That is a lit-ass opening night for both those teams. We talked about this on the last episode with Martian and uh, our boy Howie Slatner, our guest appearance on that episode. Um, we were just talking about, yeah, like the first three days are fucking stupid. 22, 23, and 25, or Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, they're stacked. So, yeah, we're going to see, I think, like the Nets' first like three games are like Kyrie goes against the Warriors and KD goes against the Warriors and then it's Kyrie at Boston and then... I think it's maybe Nets Bucks or something like that. Like those are their mm-hmm. first three games. It's just going to be. There's, there's so, so many drama. interesting teams this year. Like I mean, it really feels like it's lining up to be the most basketball I've ever watched. Um, oh yeah. Even in, oh, in, yeah. in the past years, it seemed like the bad teams aren't interesting, and now it's like watched two Charlotte games last year. Like I know I said early in the episode, I might not be watching many, but like when I think about it, like I want to see Lamelo play. I'm kind of excited mm-hmm. for that. Um, if he can kind of. If he can prove himself as he can play in the NBA, a 6'8 point guard, that's fun to watch. We talked about it. I think the only team that I don't give a shit about is Indiana. And the Cavs. Come on. Oh, yeah. Cleveland, too. That's a good call. But literally every other team like has somebody that can draw me to I'm going to watch games. some Wizards games. Those Wizards games are going to be fun. Real fun. Real yep. fun. High tempo. Yep. Magic. Scott Brooks and Russell Westbrook reunion. Not going to watch any Magic. Oh, midseason trades go back to that one. Aaron Gordon could be going somewhere that's a guy who's just been completely lost in the nba the last couple of years because he's on such a shitty team but like he would be a great third option for a couple teams yeah all right this has been the hashtag loading segment yep. um Hotto, thank you for joining me uh yep, thanks for having you gonna me. Join me you're gonna join me for the next episode correct yep we're gonna go through those last 10 hammer it out yes sir uh, all right, that's been the you know twenty five through eleven. That's been fifteen questions about the NBA going into the mm-hmm. season. Uh, this has been the Fro and the Hotto presented by Burbs Entertainment. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, make sure to tune into the next episode to find out what the top ten questions are going into the season. Uh, fuck ESPN and their rankings. Yep. <laughs> Just forget about it. Don't take anything they say for what it's worth. Um, all right, appreciate it. Peace out. Yep. Peace.